Good day, mates. How are we doing? I'm back. Had a couple of weeks off. I just got really busy uh, with a few things. We had our Next Gen Baseball had a social distancing camp, if you want to call it that. All the kids were spread out all over the place, all over the field. It was a blast. We had that. Baseball season's kicked off, so I've been busy covering the Seattle Mariners, uh, watching games with no fans. I'm starting to get used to it. I know I've talked about it a ton on this podcast, um, but I'm excited, man. I've got a really good episode for you today. A really good friend of mine, part of the Australian baseball community, had an epic career and an amazing story. Wait until you hear this story. Literally, dude played rookie ball, got arrested on the beach, got released by the Twins, went home, just got on with life, got a job, did the whole thing. Ten years later, he finds himself, I'm not going to get into the details, changed his arm slot, throwing gas, finds his way onto the Australian national team. It's going to the first ever World Baseball Classic in Florida. Goes over there, signs a minor league contract, doesn't even go to big league camp with the Braves, and then decides to spend 10-plus years in the big leagues. Unbelievable. His name is Peter Moylan. He's from Melbourne, Victoria. Lives in Atlanta. He is now working on Fox Sports Southwest, covering the Braves, the team that he spent majority of his career with. Um, so it's a lot of fun, man. This guy is a character. He's a good friend of mine. Absolute character. I was, sh- I was shocked, man. I had a whole page full of things that I wanted to get through. I'm, th- I'm sitting there looking at this page going, there's no way we're going to get through half of this because we're just going to goof off like I did with Grant Balfour. But now we got through it all, man. We, we, we covered a lot about the game today, about how kids train, his career. Wait to hear his story. It's epic. People don't believe me when I tell this story. But um, real quick plug for this. Make sure you go clips, click subscribe. Uh, you go to www.thetopstep.com. You can go slash podcast if you want. You can go check out the website. It's just a little website. Get on there. Make sure you subscribe. Download whatever you do, YouTube, uh, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, all right, all the big ones. So, um, yeah, I'm back. Dude. I had a couple of weeks. I'm sorry. I know I got a couple of emails saying, hey, when's your next episode? Did I miss it? You didn't miss it. I was just super busy. I was caught up with a lot of stuff going on, family stuff, everything else. But we're back. Top Step is back. Enjoy this episode. Peter Moylan joins me on the Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Rowan Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. Face <laughs> all the favor. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. And Welcome, mate. I appreciate you. Finally, dude, I asked you to jump on the here back in uh, November when I saw you in Japan, in uh, Korea. What happened? Yeah, I'm too busy. I was too busy, man. Yeah. We're trying, to, <laughs> trying to qualify for the Olympics. That That's didn't right. Dude, you were still pitching. I know. Trying. I was. Yeah. I was battling. I battled. I don't know whether you got the inside word, but uh, for that last that last game against, uh, I think it was Chinese Taipei, um, I, I had to... But they, they sort of said to me, look, there's going to be a situation where there's going to be two righties coming up and we're going to try and save yeah. you for that situation. You know, maybe there's runners on, maybe there's not, you know, just be ready. And that yeah. situation came up in the second or third inning. So I sort of started to, to fire it up and I sat down and I got up again the next inning. And I, when I got up, I was toast. toast. So I was like, oh, I've, I've got to, just got to keep throwing. So I threw from the fourth <laughs> inning until the seventh or eighth whenever I got in the game. Just kept throwing, just rolling it over the whole time, just as if I was playing catch. And, but yeah, still trying to do it. 
And you play, obviously, play in the, and you played in the ABL right back in Australia. How many, were you there the whole season? For so the I ABL? pitched up until just before Christmas, and then I, I was in Adelaide, and I felt something go in my elbow, and I just, I haven't got it checked out yet. No MRIs, no nothing, but I think. Is it painful, though, for you? Because I know, like, my back is so messed up, and everyone's like, oh, why don't you pitch? You know, like, um, you know, Adam Dobbs in, in Sydney, he's like, yeah. he's like, oh, hey, you, you want to pitch this year? I'm like, first of all, dude, there's 17-year-olds who would be way more productive than me throwing 78 miles an hour right now. I don't know what, why. But I'm, I'm looking at you, especially in, at, the, at the qualifiers, and, dude, you look good. Right. I'm sitting there the whole time thinking, like, you, you've got to be going through pain or no? You're good. It's not. No, it wasn't really. It's, it's strange, man. Like, even from the first Tommy John that I had, I was back pitching in spring that, training. That was 2015. No, that was the first one was 08. Oh, okay. So back in 2008. Gotcha. Back in 08, yeah. Gotcha. Like even from the first recovery from my Tommy John, uh, I was back pitching in spring training big league games at 10 months. And I, was, I broke with the team 11 months after surgery. Right. Then I wasn't allowed to go back to back for the first month because I wasn't at 12 months yet. <laughs> but I broke the appearance record for the Atlanta Braves that year. Right. So I, had, I threw in 87 games a year after Tommy John. Hold on. So you, your first year coming back, and I want to get into your story. I know you've probably told this story a thousand times, but I've got my sure. perspective too. And yeah, some do, bad yeah. advice I tried to give you, clueless. I didn't know what I was <laughs> back back when you and I hung out. By the way, I want to get into that. But yeah. so you, your first year was was um, was two thousand six or two thousand seven? Six, six, right? Yeah. And then that was when Bobby Cox is basically rolling you guys out like. Like, yep, get loose. It was like his bullpen. You guys were pitching every day, like pretty much getting loose every day, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah me and O'Flaherty talk about that all the time. That we, <laughs> it was like um, when he came over 07, 08, 09, um, or 9, 10, 11, really, I yeah. guess it was, was just like, like, it was every day. It was every single day. And if we didn't get in, we were at least up. And the outfielders noticed it. Like Nate McClath would look at us. Jay Hay would look at us and go, like, like again? Like, it was literally every day, but, but, but it was, it was, I was at a point where I'd had some success in 07 yeah. and I blew out in 08. So 09, 10, 11, as much as I'd had a little bit of success, I still didn't feel comfortable enough to tell them no ever. Yeah. Right. And, and especially Bobby, like uh, Bobby could have asked me to go 25 days in a row and I probably would have done it because the way that he protected you and, and treated you, you just wanted yeah. to run through balls for him. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was crazy the amount that I threw back then, but you know, it's, uh, it's all part of it. And I still feel good now. Do you, do you feel like, even though, do you feel like if it was any other manager besides Bobby Cox saying, yeah, get loose, get loose, there would be four or five dudes in his office saying, Hey, this needs to stop. I don't know. Maybe that was different that time, but I never, there was still guys from, from the national league's different though, man. Like yeah. that was just the way it is in the national league. We, it's it's so many dry humps because you've got that picture coming up and it's yeah. it's like okay well you've got to get ready just in case get ready just right. in case get ready and so it's always just in case you're always one batter away or one strike away so you're hot and it's he gets out of the inning oh I sit down you're like oh man that's almost you, worse than pitching every day and you guys had you you still had the three mounds in the bullpen right yeah <laughs> was that was that utilized was it three guys with, a bunch with, not a bunch no not a lot. <laughs> There would be like situations where it would be, all right, it'll be the eighth inning and we're, we're down by one, right? If yeah. it stays this, it's you. If we go to tight, it's you. If we go ahead, it's you. Like it'd be right. three different scenarios, which, right. which I'm, I'm so glad that they, 
they don't have three mounds in a lot of places because like if I was a manager, I'd be like, well, I'd like me options. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. just get three guys going right. at all times and just, just in case I was pick and choose. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. I was, and Grant Balfour, he was talking about when, when Joe Madden, the one thing, he, he loved playing for Joe, yeah. but he said the one thing was like, he just basically, he, he didn't really have a feel for um, how much a dry hump, which if you don't know what a dry hump is, basically you get loose, ready to go in a game, and then you sit back down, you never pitch. If how you don't much know what a real dry hump is, look it up on Google. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, we can go there too if you want. We can spend another 15 minutes on that. But basically, they went into his office, him and a few of the other veterans said, hey, man, like, you, you got to sort of figure out what you're doing. And Joe gave this whole elaborate um, explanation about this and that. And they were left saying, well, we've got nothing done in this meeting. <laughs> it's basically right. just going to keep doing But I remember in 2008, I, I, I agree with you, man. In, in, when I was 2007, I came up, it was like, if I'm – if they're asking me to pitch, I'm pitching. Right. And I was usually pitching if we we're losing, you know, by three or up by five. That was the right. rule. Remember, you're talking about Eric O'Flaherty. We used to sit there and look at the scoreboard. And I say, oh, we're up by five. I might get a chance here. <laughs> That's how it was. And then 2008, my arm was cactus, dude. My elbow, I couldn't play catch in the afternoon. There was right. no way I was telling them because I was sending my ass down. We had mm-hmm. Brandon Morrow who, you know, they loved. He could come and go, oh. A little bit of a niggle going on. Up, oh, shut it down for three days, dude. Not me, man. There was no right. way I was going in there and saying that whatsoever. You know what I mean? What's the difference uh, between like a first rounder too? Like, yeah, I feel, I feel like uh, we. I don't know. Like we just would not get the same opportunity. So it, yeah. it's and you didn't feel like you could go in there, especially if you were a loogie or if you were a guy that would come in for, and mop up. Like uh, we've all we've all done it. Yeah, I, I did it later in my career too. Like right. that. When I was with the Dodgers, that was my role, dude. I, I went from being like a specialized righty-righty guy to yeah. Don Manley was like, right, are you going to face San Francisco? They got four lefties in a row. Go at them. <laughs> I'm like, come on, mate. Like, have you not seen my, my baseball yeah. card? I don't face left-handed hitters. This is not right. what I do. So that was a bit of a change for me. But it, look, it, we, everyone's done it, mate. Every, we've, all, we've all had to do that. Did you feel like, you know, did your ego get in the way a little bit? Like you mentioned going to the Dodgers and Mattingly saying, oh, yeah, you're just going to not not base basically in a nutshell not pitching in a specified role because you're you're a, you know a dude in the big leagues for a long time right. and, and again like you said specialized facing righties did right, you right. ever feel like were you sitting up at the bullpen saying bullpen saying screw this is bullshit man and i'm no just, no way no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, dude i was still it's put on a big league uni like yeah exactly even and that's why people say to me they're like oh you know you've been through so much and i was like oh, look granted i've been through a lot of shit and I, for sure, I, obviously, it would have been a lot smoother had I not had the injuries. Yeah. But they say, what what made you keep coming back? And I was like, well, they kept offering me a job. Like, it's just right. that simple. It wasn't like I had many other options. Yeah. I could have gone back to Australia and become a pharmaceutical group again. Or right. I, like, I could have found another job. But until yeah. they stopped giving me an, a reason to come back, I was just going to keep going, trying to come back. And and luckily, yeah. I feel like the personality, I don't have a personality that, that sort of conflicts with a lot of people. So, yeah. I guess it's uh, I'm nice to have around. Hey, I want to I want to bring that up too because I want to tell this story. In <laughs> we're playing in the Claxton Shield. This is 2008. Oh, sorry, 2006. The carnival. Yeah, carnival. <laughs> Love getting ready for the good carnival. Two week carnival. <laughs> so you're playing for Victoria. I'll never forget. I'm walking in. I'm thinking I'm awesome. I'm like I think I was like at this point I'm 22, 23 years old or something like that. And yeah, you because know, I'm playing. Yeah, I'm I'm playing pro ball. So you know when you're back in Australia you're playing pro ball, you yeah. You know, you're thinking you, you, you're the shit. I remember walking in, got my Mariners bag over my shoulder. And Victoria, you guys are playing Queensland or something. 
And I walk in and, and in Blacktown at that, the, where they had the Olympics, walking underneath. And I look out and I see this dude pitching, just tatted up. I don't know if you were that tatted up. Back I wasn't. Then. I had like one little one and a couple <laughs> okay, of them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm exaggerating. And I'm, I'm, I'm blowing the story up. Good. But uh, it, it gets better every time I tell it. Anyway, so <laughs> I walk in and I walk in and you can see that I'm like, oh, yeah, Victoria's playing Queensland. You know, we're playing South Australia or something later that day. Um, and I see this dude, you know, sidearm, zap. And I'm looking up at the, at the radar gun. I'm like, what? It was like 92s, 94s. You don't see that in Australia. Usually it's like, you know, because I had the radar, you know, cranking at, at Blacktown. I'm like, and I just stopped. I'm like, who's this dude? Like, what, what's going on here? And it was just heavy sink throwing gas. And I'm, I'm, I walk straight over to, I'm like, who is this guy throwing right now? I'm like, oh, that's Peter Moylan. Yeah, he, he was with the twins. He got released. That was like, that was it. That was basically the, the extent of it. And then, you know, I started doing some digging. Everyone's talking about you because basically you spent, what, it was nine years until you'd played, since you'd played pro ball, right? Eight, yeah, eight years. So I'm looking at you thinking, oh, this is just some, you know, just some bogan who, who played right. pro ball back in the day. And, dude, it's amazing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. You were throwing batting practice, playing club ball, playing yeah. some first base, right? Yeah. You're, you're throwing... You drop your arm slot down. I'm trying to summarize this because I know you've heard this a thousand times. You've had to tell this story a million times. So I don't want to, but you're basically throwing, you're like, shit, my arm feels pretty good from down right. here. Throwing, and then it's coming out good. And did Diebel put a radar gun on you and say, what, tell, tell you finish okay, the story. So, here we go. <laughs> so I was playing first base and managing a team and we needed some pitching. Yeah, and I hadn't pitched for two years because I had my two back surgeries since I'd been back in Australia. Jeez, so you've had two back surgeries as well. I had two when I was back because I, I worked for that furniture company where I was lifting the lift chairs and the recliners. I don't know if you, into these back of these vans and trying right. to sell lift chairs and recliners to nursing homes. Sounds home. brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. So my yeah. back blew out again. So I hadn't been pitching, um, and I'd just been playing first base, and then we needed some arms. So I was like, you know, I've been doing this for two years without an issue. Why don't I drop my arm angle down and see if I no can? So I dropped my arm angle down. Threw a couple of times with some buddies out in the outfield. Jumped on the mound. Felt pretty good. Pitched that year for Blackburn in the local Victorian yeah. Baseball League. Yeah. Uh, Deves was like, hey, come down for the practice match for against South Australia. I go down there. I played first base for a couple of innings. Get no hits. They're like, hey, do you want to close the game out? I was like, yeah, all right. Jump on there. Fling, 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 fling. <laughs> Hadn't had a radar gun on me in five years. Yeah. And Deves comes up to me afterwards. He goes, mate, do you have any idea how hard you're throwing? And I was like... No, because I topped out at like 91, 92 yeah. when I was with the Twins. Right. He's like, you were sitting 94 and you touched 96. Jesus, man. From and that angle like, too. From that angle. And then so, I, so that conversation that night, was he yeah. like, hey, do you want to go play for Victoria because we've got this WBC? I was playing for, I was playing for Victoria. Mm. After that conversation, he was like, hey, you know, we've got a squad of 60 for the World Baseball Classic. I want you to come and try out. Yeah. So I was like, yep, cool. So we did. And, the, and you mean by tryout, you mean go to the Claxon Shield? Or you mean to try out Shield, to, yeah. play against the Japanese teams that they come in, yeah. play against the Taiwanese teams that came yeah. in, and just see if I can, you know, get consistent at this and see if I can, you know, get some really good hitters out. So, um, it, man, it was from that October through the Claxon Shield, and then it was just like, it was just, it was ridiculous, mate. Because I remember, I remember after that, because that was the first WBC, it was 2006, and we were playing down in, in Florida. And I remember I was on that roster, because basically... Yeah, you got hurt, right? Um, yeah, I got, yeah, I went with the team. I was so bummed. Dude. I couldn't, right before, I'm like, oh, my elbows. It's so funny. The Red Sox doctor who Diebel, yeah, he was scouting with the Red Sox. He, got, he brings me in the doctor, and the doctor's like, literally does this. He's like, no, you can't pitch. 
So yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, it's not that bad. Jeez. Right. I went back and then all of a sudden I go back to, to spring training. I get shut down for like two months. And my mom feels like mom feels okay. I can, it was the weirdest thing anyway. Right. But I remember we, we go off and we had to go with the, the, it was one of the, the, the best times I've had playing baseball that, and, and, and that couple of days we had at that WBC qualifier right. more recent, that was a blast. A good, yeah. good group of guys. It was a blast. But I remember going on that trip. We had to drive out to Geelong. We weren't staying in Geelong, but that's where we had all our like, training sessions and exhibition yeah. games, stuff like that. We're staying at the CAS. I think it was staying at the Stars. Grand <laughs> 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 Casino just... It's just not a good move. Yeah. No, it, it's a bunch of Australian baseball players. Open 24 cat. hours. Yeah. <laughs> 24 <laughs> hours. Those mini... I remember those mini bus rides at Geelong were hilarious. Like, you know, you look at half the group. Some, some guys, you could tell they've been hitting the... hitting the, the You know, slapping the pokes all night. And you could totally <laughs> tell. It was just a, an awesome group of dudes. But I remember, I never forget, man, because I was like fascinated by the fact that you had spent so much time not doing anything. And then you come back and you're like the nastiest dude on our team by far. And I remember you had offers to go at that point to go to Taiwan for like 80 grand or 100 grand or something, yeah. I don't know, 120, something like that. And I remember sitting on the bus, dude, and I, I'll admit this. I'm like, dude, like, because you were talking about, I want to go back to the, I want to try and go back to the States. And yeah. I'm sitting there going, fuck that. You're going to go to like double A and just be go to Taiwan, make some money. Cause you know, it, it's like, I, I was like, dude, go to Taiwan. What are you doing? And even right. Stocky too. Phil Stockman was like, yeah, man, Taiwan, you make a lot of money. Right. Right. But, right. But you, cause you, and again, looking back now, it seems crazy. But at the time when you're thinking about it, you're 20, you're getting, you know, 27, 28 around yep. that age, yep. which seems super old because right. if you go back to the States and I remember, and then I remember you pitched against Japan and they wanted to see you back to back days. Yep. And the second day came out, and I think your velo was, was down. I was down to like 89. Yeah, right. That's right. It's just yeah. basically, you just weren't in shape because you hadn't pitched. Because I'd never pitched. Yeah. I, I was playing club ball. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm on a, like a minor league. And that's the same thing that happened in 06 when I eventually signed. Not to go yeah. jump too far ahead, but like I was just not used to those kind of throwing yeah. schedules because right. it was, I literally practiced on Tuesdays and Thursdays and played on the weekend like you do in every club ball. Yeah. Uh, so even after I'd signed, the reason why I struggled so much in 06 was because I just wasn't used to the workload, right. man. It was just, it was just, it was every day. Besides that too, you went from, and this is the crazy part and people don't believe me when I tell this story. They're like, uh, there's no way you went from, you're in rookie ball, you get arrested, thrown yeah. in jail that, did you spend the night in jail? I spent the night in jail with the hitting instructor from the twins at the time. What, you getting yep. a biffo or something on the beach or something? I didn't. Okay. Someone <laughs> threw a punch at me and I dodged it. And then I pushed the guy and he fell to the ground and I got arrested. Oh my, this is spring break in, in spring in, break, uh, Fort Myers, Myers. Yep. Oh man, that's right. And then basically the twins said after that, see you later. Or was well, that- I walked in there the next day and I was like, I think it was Jim, Jim, uh, Jim, Rant, Jim, Rant, Rant? No, anyway, whoever the, whoever the assistant GM was a minor league coordinator, whoever it was. And I walked in and I said, listen, there's been an incident. Um, explained exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up calling Michael Restovich to come and bail me out because he was the first round of that year and he's the only guy I knew had any money. So, <laughs> how, much, so how, can, much, how much did it cost to get you out? $75. So, <laughs> no way. Right. So misdemeanor, like total like misdemeanor. Yeah. Didn't even have to show up in court. That's sort of right. like just a, a pointless arrest and a pointless yeah. reason. But it was just, the, it was the icing on the cake for the twins. Yeah. I made, I, I, look, I don't deny the fact that I was a complete fuck up yeah when right. I was with the twins what else, like, why do you say that what other stuff were you doing just just brain dead things like not showing up to training like yeah. i 
I'd wake up late and I'd miss the bus. And rather than just trying to scramble to get there, I'd said, oh, you know, I'll just go to the mall. So I'd spend the day at the mall. Like just silly things that, 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 that you just wouldn't do. There's still those handful of Aussies, I feel like. They're just, you hear these stories about and you laugh about, but there's still those dudes that go over to the States and just still kind of like, they're just, yeah, I'm not showing up to, to training or to, to practice, right? It wasn't a, like a lack of will. It wasn't a lack of, like I wanted to be a baseball player. Yeah. But I was also the first time, it was the first time that I'd lived anywhere other than my parents' house. Right. And I was gotcha. free. Yeah. And you know what kind of personality I got. Like it was yeah. just, it's, as soon as I got in an environment where I started to feel comfortable, it was like, it was all over. Like yeah. I'd, I would rollerblade on the, like I'd put my rollerblades on and hang on to the back of one of my buddy's Mustangs and ride on the freeway to the, to the mall. Like just, like just <laughs> silly 17 year old things. And, and, and the twins knew all this? Well, I mean, they had their, yeah. They've been in Fort Myers for a long time now. Yeah. They they sort of had their they had their ears to the ground. Yeah, they do, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they knew be- that I was arrested before that I was getting arrested. Right. Like, so yeah. that's that's how, how how connected they are down there. I think, but it was just it was not the twins' fault. It was it was my it was I accept full responsibility for the, for those first three years of pro ball because yeah. it was just it would have been tough for them. Can you imagine trying to deal with me back then? Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. No thanks. Did you did you spend that next? nine or 10 years like regretting thinking i mean did you, had you moved on with life are you going like i'm happy right now i'm this is my life now or were you thinking man like i really want to be a baseball player for the first few years uh when i first came back i, I went on the australian team for uh, i got kicked off the australian team for for uh i think i was smoking on the plane that was one of the ones that i smoking <laughs> what, on smoking a, on weed a, or just smoking no, cigarettes? No, smoking cigarettes on a on a trip through japan where they you still have a smoke so uh, I was doing yeah, shots the- of sake and smoking cigarettes on the, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> that was my first trip. You're still, you're still playing pro ball. So that was, uh, Mike Young was the manager then. And he was like, ah, see ya. So wow. yeah, kicked off the Australian team. And then luckily they had, they had a, they had a personnel change as well. So I was able to get back into good graces, but yeah, I'd still love baseball. I still played, yeah. I still coached. I still, I concentrated more on hitting when I was back. Yeah, but you know, I'd still pick up a, and pitch every now and then. But um, did, did you do you remember when that Intercontinental Cup team when they won? Like this is going. You mentioned you know playing on those Aussie teams because I remember I was on an Aussie team two thousand one. I was like the youngest dude. Everyone else was like thirty plus. Yeah, it was like John and Moore was, and these guys. I was rough as guts, mate. I, I copped it. I'm like I want to get. I was in Taiwan for three weeks. I was the spoons champ. I was just copping it from all these older right. dudes. It was Impossible rough, mate. Setup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, stuff that you just don't see now. Or maybe you do. Who knows? I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully you do. I mean, you need a little bit of that. But it's um, it, it was rough as go. I'm like, get me out of here. I was, I was an 18 year old little like, you know, little punk that like, you know, like right. just got, you know, got really, uh, you know, cut up over everything. But so that's a different culture change in in the big leagues now too. Like when I first yeah. came up, I was 27 year old rookie. When I first right. came up, they were trying to treat me like I was a kid. Yeah, like Andrew Jones and Marcus Giles and these sorts of guys were trying to like ride me as if I was a kid, and I was like, "Listen, fellas, I don't, like I don't mean to be, but in you've done grown man shit. I mean, like, you've I've, had a job. I've got and... a kid. I've got two <laughs> yeah. kids. Like I've got a I've got a wife who's in Australia right now. I'm dealing yeah. with like a lot of shit. Like, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was effectively what it was. Um, but you know, we ended up, and my personality can rub people the wrong way. I make no bones about that either. Like I can right. be, a, I can be an obnoxious dickhead, but at the same time. I'm still just trying to have a good time and make sure everyone else yeah. is having a good time around me. So I didn't, I didn't feel, but that culture's changed now. When you're a rookie, 
it's you, that you look you look at as if someone who can make an impact straight away. So yeah. they don't want to make you feel uncomfortable by telling you to get off the couch and yeah. stop fucking eating and get out of the training yeah. room. It's whatever you need, we'll give it to you right now. It's amazing. I, I walked in the clubhouse last year and, and a guy who ha- had, I won't name any names, literally 20 days in the big leagues, feet up on the couch with the remote control in hand, flicking through channels in the clubhouse. Mate, I wouldn't leave my locker my first year. I would just sit there like this. There's no way I'm even sitting on the couch. It's completely different now. And whatever, I mean, I'm sure it's good and bad, you know, with the, I don't know, do you feel like it, do you still feel like you need some of that, you know, that respect? No, I guess it doesn't mean guys are disrespectful. It's not a lack of respect thing. It's I yeah. think it's I think it's just like with a lot of things that's going on in our game, man. It's like it's the old versus the new. Like it's it's just this game's going to evolve or change, and you either accept it and move yeah. on with it, or yeah. you can just be at Aubrey Huff and just yell at everyone for the rest right. of your life. Like yeah. there's 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 two ways to play there's more than two ways to do things like there's there's not just your way or the highway with everything it's yeah. it's you, you've got to like i look at trevor baron and i and i love what he's doing on on some respects and then the other side i'm like well look you can't just be ripping on these guys as if they didn't have an impact in the game themselves yeah. like they played the game too man yeah i i i completely agree with that when i get on there and and you know kurt Schilling, i don't know him personally no idea but i go on there and it's just literally it's trevor bauer just ripping him because of something it's like dude just like and then he's he, was, just he like, was pretty good Trey. like he, he had a yeah had come on career. man like, yeah he pitches some big games and from a personal standpoint had an amazing career mm-hmm. and he impacted a lot of teams and they won world series and and everything else if you want to sit there and start looking at babip and all this kind of it's like he doesn't care he doesn't care right. about that neither do the fans of that team anyway but right. no th- dude that's the culture though even away from baseball everyone gets on twitter and just rips people to shreds so quickly yeah it's, it's scary man even even like we were talking before we got on about the velocity programs like these these big programs out here they go at it like mm. you do weightable like weightable training or you don't i mean there, right. there's also this part in the middle too that you can do some of that right and there's other things that work too like yeah not, not every human velocity. Not every human's cut from the same cloth, man. Like, right. We're all different. We all react differently. Like your elbow hurts forever. Mine still feels, I feel like I can pitch right now. Like right. everyone's different. You got to yeah. find what works for you. Driveline and all those, all, they all have their opinions and they all do great things. Like I think Driveline has, has revolutionized the game yeah. of baseball. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Without question. If I had that sort of stuff when I was a player, I would have had a change up and I would have had a cutter and I might still be pitching right now. Yeah. Um, and I think the benefits of driveline is unbelievable. I yeah. just, I just, uh, and there's no, there's not even a just, it's just the benefits of driveline are unbelievable, but yeah. there are other ways to do things. And just right. if you, if you are not a driveline person, that doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that you're preferred to do something else. Yeah. One, so, one guy, one guy who's, who's kind of in the middle, I, I really appreciate watching him do his, his start, Eric Cressy. You yeah. go on and he's kind of like in the middle, you know, I'm, when I say in the middle, it's a balanced approach. Which, you know, which is awesome. And even I worked with Tom House for five years, dude. Tom House got me back to the big leagues, right? Mm. And people want to, he didn't have a voice. He's starting to get on social media a lot more right now. But the guy helped me out mentally, psychologically, more than anyone ever has on the Mm. planet. And I got my velo back up. But right. it's more, it, it was his approach, his balanced approach, and then people mis misconstrue what he does, and that's that's I think the thing too with you know the limited amount of characters on a tweet or taking a sound bite from a video or right. whatever. It completely you can take it in any direction you want. Anyway, I want to get back to to um, 
we go to Florida, right? I want to get back to back to uh, th- this whole story. And I'm still telling you, hey, dude, go to Taiwan, man. Like, take 120 grand, and, and you'll be playing at a high level. Because I'm thinking you're going to go to double A and just get lost in the in the system. Yeah. You sign with the Braves, yeah. right? How many how many offers did you have from from teams in the US? So it was kind of all done pretty quickly. So the Red Sox had offered me through Deeds, right. obviously, um, and then the Braves had offered me. Um, There's a couple of like just talks of Arizona, talks of the Blue Jays. But mm. have I had my, if I had my time again, I wouldn't change a thing, obviously, right? Except for maybe I would have waited a couple of days and maybe showcased myself and yeah. had a few teams come. That's the only thing that I might have yeah. done differently. Right. But the way that it's turned out, what, like, why would I change it? Yeah. Why would I change it? I was in the, I was in the, I went, I went straight over to my league, minor league spring training with Stocky, he's my roommate. So we went from the Ritz Carlton, where we had our separate rooms, and <laughs> basically fluffed every time we stepped out of the bedroom. The World Baseball Classic. Because, World Baseball Classic. And, and just to explain to people, the reason why is because it doesn't matter if you're a pharmaceutical rep playing for Australia or you're David Ortiz you're going to get the same treatment that basically, yes. yeah. And that's okay. what was the biggest eye opener for me. It was like, holy cow, this is big league stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, we had that like function after the first round where all the teams were around and, and I was running around. I went, but I, I left, I left. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was watching so you guys from on TV. Yeah. So I'm, I'm walking around and then there's all these big leaguers there from Dominican and Venezuela and <laughs> yeah. I'm getting photos with these guys. Like this is the last chance I'm going to get to see these people. Yeah. Like everyone, as many people as I could. So, so then, a month later, I'm pitching the big leagues. Like that was how quick it was, and that was that was that was my mindset. It was like, okay, I hadn't signed yet, so I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, signed with the Braves the next day, and it was like, here we go. You and the the other thing which is amazing too is you go from rookie ball to nothing. You don't experience A ball. You don't really experience Double A, right? No. Straight to Triple A, mm-hmm. thrown in the fire, and then off you go. The other thing is too, were you? I guess at that point you probably weren't surprised you were going to minor league camp, right? No, not at all. Did you sign? Time. Did you sign before you faced like the Dominican Republic or Venezuela, whoever you faced and shoved it? No, I faced Venezuela, and then the next day I signed. Gotcha. Yeah. Were you, and Bobby Cox is basically, or the, sorry, the Braves were basically, hey, bring this guy to back up games. Mm-hmm. Were they were they bringing you over just because you're an older older guy and you're on the yeah? Because no, he wanted age, to look at me. He wanted to see me. Okay. He, they gotcha. wanted to see me against good hitters. Um, and you just kept because, shoving, right? Yeah, I had a pretty good, I had an okay spring training. Like I gave up a couple of runs. There was so much that I needed to learn, man. Like yeah. I've, I've gone from just being, I was, I was winding up in the, in, the, uh, in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. I cut that as soon as I got the spring training. Gotcha. My times to the plate were like a 1-7. So yeah. I had to get that down That's to good. a 1-2, yeah. 1-1. Like yeah. this is, yeah. these are the changes that, that affected me so much in the first year that right. it was just learning pitching, building your own position, learning bunt plays. Like I've yeah. done it all, yeah. but I've done it all at a level that wasn't, what I was currently receiving. So gotcha. I've gone from, from coaching you know, B-League guys to hearing Bobby Cox and, and Roger McDowell give me instructions. It was just Unreal. like... It's amazing. Yeah. Has anyone ever, you know, this might sound crazy and, you know, I'm not trying to be cheesy or anything, but anyone right. ever spoke to you about a book or, or anything to like document that story? Because it's ridiculous. Like no it's one's ever done that. Right. Um, well, the rookie, the rookie movie came out. It's kind of similar. Um, right. But I, I always said that, that I wanted to do something as far as a book or a movie, um, but I wanted to see how it end, ended, yeah. and that was going to be the Olympics. Gotcha. So uh, now that that's sort of not going to happen, I, I feel like I'm at a point now where I've written it yeah. all down. Like I have it all there ready to go. Right. 
um, so that I, I don't forget it. But you know, every time I tell the story and every time I get to relive it, it's 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 still cool. So yeah, even though I've told this story five hundred times, seeing people's reactions to it and hearing it myself again and just how crazy yeah. that whole time and still now, like dude, I'm working for Fox Sports South, talking about right. Braves baseball. Yeah, as an Australian, and you're doing the same thing in Seattle. Like that yeah. doesn't happen. Like I know, yeah. It's 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 crazy. I mean, it's kind of a natural. I knew as soon as you were done, I'm like, oh, I guarantee you, he's going to be doing because you're you're in Atlanta first of all. Yeah. You're a character. Everyone wants to hear you talk. You know, I, I knew straight away. I remember. I think you texted me last year and said, oh, hey, I'm doing this. Do you enjoy doing it? And I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. do it for sure. It's fun. So right. it's a blast. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I was before I was getting on here. I was like, okay, do I do I bug him about this story because I want to hear it too. Um, and plus I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people back home in Australia and, and people who listen to this, I guarantee they want to hear this story. But I was like, oh, is he just going to be like, oh, here we go. I'm going to tell this story. That's good. The other one is too, is I, I had Grant Balfour on. <laughs> it's just couldn't get a serious word in at all. So I've gotten written here on this paper. I, I want to discuss a movie, right? Which if you listen to this in the U S surely you can find it. It's probably not on Netflix. Maybe Actually, YouTube. Sure. Yeah, someone's you, uploaded it to YouTube. Yeah. The movie is called Two Hands, all right? Now, it's not some, um, it's not some weird Aussie porn or anything like that. It's basically, <laughs> it's not some weird freaky movie. Two Hands, it's got um, Brian Heath Brown, Ledger. Heath Ledger, rest in peace, some Australian absolute legends. Um, yep. Such a good movie. It's unreal. You know and, who else is in it? Rose Byrne is in it too. Yes, Rose Byrne. There you go. That's what I was trying to think. I, that's right, Rose Byrne. He's killing yeah. it. Yeah. But dude, that movie. When? Okay, I'm trying to put the pieces together here because we'll quote in that. Stocky. Stocky was the is is the common ground there. Yes. There, because you guys were in on it, and he showed me two hands, and I was just <laughs> like, okay, let's let's this is it. This is the movie. It's just the it's just it's just a colloquial look at '80s Australiana. Yeah. And it's yes. just hilarious, mate. It's and they nail hilarious. it too. There's nothing cheesy. There's nothing like where, you know, Heath Ledger. This and this is the good thing about it. there was that and Chopper was another one too. And there, mm-hmm. the, even I don't know. Did you watch the first series of Underbelly? Oh, I have. I've seen the first little bits of it. Yeah, like oh, this, dude. Australia was nuts in the eighties, mate. I know it's crazy, but they they it's not this like where they try and like you know fluff it up. It's just and it's not. Raw. Yeah, it's just raw, and it, the acting is really good. Mm-hmm. And it's this the the Australian. You might might need to translate it, but I remember because you're right, Stocky. So Stocky and I would always like text each other or, or go back with the, the the lines and just laugh, whatever. But I remember because I met you. I, I you know I met you, and you you obviously a little bit older than me, and I didn't really. I had my little I mean, group. Not of, not that obvious, but okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I had my little you know a group of guys who you know. Yeah. Like, Trent Olchin, um, who you know is one of my best friends, Andrew Graham, and yep. then you know you got the the, kid, the guys from Victoria, or whatever. But that movie dude was those bus rides yelling out like that's a lovely looking pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, mate, that is so good. But anyway, I need to give that a shout out. The old um, two and hands. Phil Stockman, by the way, if they don't know who Stocky is, Phil Stockman, look him up. One of the one of the greatest Australian baseballers of all time. Here's a story about Stocky, right? <laughs> Good, please. Yeah, he pitched in the big leagues. He, he, yeah. he pitched with the Braves in the big leagues. That's yeah. right. He came up after you, right? We were never on the team at the same time. I was That's either crazy. hurt or he was hurt. That's nuts. Yeah. Anyway, Phil Stockman, real quick story about him. Him and I were good, good mates. And uh, I don't know how you guys knew each other before that. I don't know. We didn't. 
he didn't that's right no. yeah he didn't know each other yeah but um i went to, to hang out at his house my sister was living up on the gold coast and i was like oh, i'll go to stocky's place for a night we'll hang out you know go get a beer and, and catch up he loved his video games right <laughs> so i get up there he picks me up from the airport and he basically had a schedule. If he's listening or his wife's listening. I know he's, he's I'm definitely going to tag him in it. I'm definitely yeah. going to tag him in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want to buy him up here. But literally, I get up there. I'm like, oh, Stucky, you know, so I'm supposed to be spending, you know, I got up there in the morning, whatever. I'm staying in his house. We go, we go have lunch down at the, um, the RSL or something down from his house. We go back and he goes, oh, by the way, I'm just going to get a text message. Just flick here. a 20 in the pokes while you're there. Just <laughs> No, he he was off the pokes, off the, off the slot machines. Oh, no. Yeah, so he he was off them, completely off them. He he said he he'd burnt through like thirty thousand dollars or something. <laughs> so he, he he was off them. So we go there, go to the RSL, you know, grab, grab a feed at the Vistro, whatever it was, and then um and then we go back to his place. He's like, oh hey, by the way, if you don't mind, um we're just sitting there watching TV. He goes, oh, if you don't mind, I'm gonna get a text message. Grabs his phone. He goes, in about twenty minutes. If you don't mind, I'm just gonna jump on. Uh, play some some um, some Halo. Yeah, all right, whatever you want, there. That's fine. Ding. <laughs> Two <laughs> seconds later, it's Casey Daigle. If you remember yeah. him, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just says, he goes, "Oh, yeah, here it is." It just says, "Let's roll." Yeah. Boom. From one o'clock in the afternoon to when his wife came home, his headset on, yelling at kids. I'm just sitting on the couch, <laughs> going, uh, just watching, just watching him play Halo, and he's just you know bashing out a whole Halo session, and like um. Stocky, I think I'm going to drive down to the Gold because I'd rented a car. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to go to my sister's place. Like, I'm not going to see you watch you play friggin'. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, dude. I was hooked too, dude. What's that? I was hooked on video games too. Well, dude, I, when I messed my back up, my, my wife and I got addicted. We're doing co-op Call of Duty missions Mate. 2012. I, when, I this first, when this quarantine first hit, I was like, what am I going to do? And I literally would just sit there and play video games. Like it was, it's a, it's a, it's a mindless time killer yeah it, yeah it just just drift off and oh. hours just zoom by gone dude it was so funny but as soon as his wife pulled up headset off boom. <laughs> what do you need love i've just been cleaning what do you do <laughs> it was awesome man. over stocky mate love that guy i haven't Me seen too. him actually you know what's funny i played for the bandits brisbane bandits in the abl get ready for that wbc and i was trying well, nah. <laughs> i'll be honest with you there I was like, what do I do here? No, I'll explain that. If, if no, you don't need to. You don't need to. It's fine, mate. It's fine. Well, first of all, my, le- my mum lives on the Gold Coast. Dad's, I'll, I'll be quick. Dad's house has been renoed. I had nowhere to live in Sydney, right? Yeah. Never see my mum. I'm like, man, I can live on the Goldie and drive up to Brisbane every day. Boom. But the thing was when Trent decided to come up and play, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But <laughs> Stocky was the pitching coach. That was a yeah. done, that was a sealed the deal for me. I'm like, oh, dude, oh. I get to hang out with Stocky every day? Absolutely. Yeah, no. He was the pitching yeah. coach. Loved it. If, yeah, you've ever, that, if, you, if you need a, I mean, that guy could make anybody laugh at any oh, stage. Yeah. Oh, I know. My goodness. Yeah. He, We've he, had, he, we lived, so we lived together during spring training for the two or three years that, that we were on the same team. And it was just, and, and even when we both went to AAA, like Richmond, like we just, it was just nonstop, mate. It yeah. Was he, he's nonstop. And he just he is hilarious. Me up. He's just got, oh. he's got some, he's got some, I don't know whether you know, when he, like when he looks at shoes, when you, when you go to the mall and you go buy shoes. He'll like lift the shoe up and he's got like a size 19 foot. So he's like lifting this, <laughs> this boat up and he's turning it around. He's like, what do you think, mate? You like it? Do you like it? What do you think? I'm like, it's going on your foot, mate. Like you pick it. But did he, how, like that, that's, I wear 13s and half the time I go there, I go, oh, sorry, we don't have them. Right. So how's he yeah. even going to, you know? Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Stocky, mate. No, I, I miss that. I miss that dude. Me too. Um, so you, so no plans to play in the 2021 Olympics? <laughs> 
if you guys qualify. When is Mate, do, you, do you have any information on that, or what's the deal? I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, all I know is that, like, um, I sort of I I told I told Dingo I was like, mate, I, I think this might be it because I just for me to to stay in shape would have yeah. taken a huge effort. Right. Like, it's trying to you know move on from baseball and yet stay in shape. Like it didn't yeah. really make sense. So um, I just said this. I'm going to be 42 at the end of the year. Uh, I know I know Bartolo somehow still manages to do it, and somehow right. Nelson Cruz is going backwards. Like I don't know how he I stays know. the way he is, but like it's just I, it's I, a massive commitment. I'm done. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and a lot of painful days and everything. Else. Yeah. Hey, yeah. speaking speaking of um, you know, all the all the the how every kid now in this generation, all they want to do is throw gas, mm-hmm. right? If you had, let's say, you had a bunch of sixteen-year-olds. And you, you and you had them for three months, two months. What would what would how would you train them to be the best they could be? Do you think putting you on the spot here? You are putting me on the spot. Like I, I haven't dived into a lot of the youth stuff. Um, yeah. But as sixteen-year-olds, like I feel like it's if your body's like I don't. This is my question too. Is the, is, is the drive line suitable for kids? Like is that is it is all those weighted balls? Is it like what's the age limit? You, you, you tell kids you're not supposed to lift at what at what age? Yeah, well, see, that, that, well, there's a balance too with that. I, I, here's the problem with the the here's the problem with the, the driveline. And we Trent and I go back and we we do stuff. You know, next gen baseball back in Australia, and, and we right. I write programs. I've got kids on four to six month throwing programs. Some of it, it depending on the age and depending on how strong they are and all this kind of stuff, um, it involves you know overload, unload training, the weight of balls and stuff like that. Different to driveline, a little bit different, but same kind of thing. And, and, and they get results. But the problem is, I think, with, with that is it's that magic pill thing where it's like, I'm just going to do weighted balls three days a week and I'm going to throw gas. Right. And you know, dude, I mean, you've been pitching long enough that that's like that last 20% of it. You, I mean, there's so many things down the chain that you have to get in shape, right? right? Shoulder health you know get your lower half mechanical things all these little things that go into it and that's the hard but thing at what point can... do you specialize in that like at what yeah. point do you say like at 16 do you go right i shut down from every other sport you want to play you got to concentrate yeah, on one sport right. and you've got to do this and you've got to train specifically for that like that's bullshit too i 100 percent agree i think if, i grew if up playing 20 sports i've played right. everything me too yeah, so, me too, mate. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer in, you know, play multi-sports. If you're going to play, you know, like where you're from, if you're going to play Aussie rules football, right. you're going to be in really good shape. You're going to be explosive, play basketball, tennis. I did track. Like I did yeah. track to help me. Like it's anything that you can do yeah. to where yep. you're moving your body and you're having to be, have body awareness. It's going to develop, it's going to develop muscle memory. It's going to develop coordination. Like yeah. the reason why I feel like I, like, Obviously, I had some athletic talent, but I just played everything I could, I could get my yeah. hands on. Tennis, cricket. Like, if it's a sport and I had a bat and a ball or a ball even, yeah. I'd, let's go. It's different now, mate. It's like you get on YouTube and, and there's these recruiting videos. Like, you see these like ninth graders committing to college, which makes no sense because right. the school can – yeah, you can commit to them. Then you're not allowed, not allowed to talk to any other school. Right. And then they just decommit you when you're in right. year 12. So you just, you just, you just yeah, you, you keyhole yourself. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just, yeah, man, it, it's so different now, man. But like YouTube, kids get on YouTube and see some kid throwing gas and they want to throw gas next week. You know what I mean? But, right. but there's also, there's also the, um, there's the argument where like velocity has gone up. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And there's a but no one can throw that. strikes anymore. Well, that, yes, there is a big difference between the Jacob de Groms and the Garrett Coles. 
and the eighth guy coming out of the Houston bullpen who's I'm, I'm talking about double A triple A I'm talking about the guys you know if and, and you know this man like for example the, the Mariners have got some guys who you know they, they talk about their gas camp and all this kind of stuff and that's you know about throwing gas 100% you have to throw hard 100% but when you just get to a point where you're just trying to throw the shit out of it, it's down the middle and then you're wondering why you're 3-0 on every friggin hitter and then you got a six and you can't stay in the big leagues that's there's the a balance. huge that's the yeah, balance. there's a that's huge the pool of, of these guys that just and like right. oh swing and miss rates down. Well, two zero, you're not going to get. No one's going to swing and miss a two zero. But unfortunately, ninety nine is sexy and eighty nine is not. No, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. So you are going to yeah. get more opportunities throwing ninety nine because if you can yeah. somehow get that dialed in, yeah, yeah, then you're the next. You can be Garrett Cole. You can absolutely. be Grom. You can be a guy out of the bullpen that just shoves it up everyone's ass. Like that's. That's what teams want. And that's what players want to be. Like I yeah. had to go out there. You had to go out there with what you had. Like if, if I had, if I had in the, at the end of my career, if I had the fastball I had at the start of my career, then I don't know how successful I would have been. Like I, right. to, I, I was thrown really hard my, in the start of my career. And then I, my average fastball ended up being about 89, 90 miles an hour. So, yeah. but if I had have had 95, 96 in the tank for my whole career, like, I know it would have been a lot easier. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. I, yeah. It's just again, I'm not trying to sound salty. We talked about it earlier, staying with the game and everything else. Yeah. Throwing gas, have to do it. But the, again, it goes back to that balance. If once you get to that point where you have figured out ways to throw really hard, then try and figure out how you can throw some strikes or have some sort of pitchability. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But once you've developed that arm speed, I feel like that opens you up to be able to throw any pitch you want to pitch, yeah. especially with the measurements and the, and the Rapsodo right. grabbing right. and the slow motion cameras and all that. Yeah. It's, it's just, if you can develop that arm speed first, then you've got everything yeah. else that works with it. So you can really spin a slider. You can really Absolutely. Like, rip on a curveball or, or yeah. like you can get the spin that you're looking for. Hey, um, speaking of real quick, and I know you've got to go here because you've got to do some uh, another Zoom call with, with real real work. Yeah, yeah, real work. <laughs> so you're so you basically, and I asked you this before you got on. You're you're basically doing everything remote, right? And I want to ask you a question here at the end of this. Yeah, you're doing everything remote, but that was your choice because you mm-hmm. you, you want to stay distant because you've yeah. got asthma and everything mm-hmm. else, right? Mm-hmm. So first of all, what right now you're doing with Fox Sports Southwest, you're doing tons of stuff, interviewing players and everything else. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing like an interview a week, and and um, I'll do a like an Instagram live once a week, or right. uh, or they'll pull they'll pull stuff from the interview and they'll they'll put it on during gotcha. the live the, 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 the game feed. So it's just I'm basically trying to just generate some content for them yep. to use uh, from home because I don't feel comfortable going into a studio right now. Mm to do the pre and post just because of the fact that I'm asthmatic and there's not right. enough information about whether it's going to harm me or yeah. like, I just don't know enough. And, and I'm, I'm, I had the luxury of being able to make that choice and a lot yeah. of people don't. So that's, that's yeah. where I'm really, really lucky. For sure. So I know with us at our studio, our boss is like, you know, we're, we're the whole, there's arrows everywhere. I can only sit in the conference room. Like tonight, right. I have to go in tonight, sit in the conference room, go in the studio, come right back. Right. Like I can't be out. wearing a mask the whole time. And- wearing a mask the whole time, yeah. Right. But um, I got a question for you with this. Now you've been doing a lot of that, you know, the 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 stuff on Zoom and everything else. And everyone says, everyone's like, oh, this is a great thing because now the world can be more connected and you can have Zoom. Pa- have you had any Zoom parties with your mates? Uh, we did a 
we did a Braves 2010 team one with O'Flaherty. Oh, no way. And, and yeah, not, not that everyone, it was just, I think two people were having a conversation and then they just brought a few more people in and it ended up being like six or eight of us at one time. So have you done anything with your friends back in Australia, like a Friday night having a beer or something? Absolutely not. I've called them. I, I, sp- I make sure that I speak to someone from Australia every day right. just because, you know, I want to make sure, one, I maintain my accent and two, because <laughs> they're scuffling over there. Like people in Melbourne yeah. are hurting, mate. They're in yeah. full lockdown, like yeah. locked in their houses from 8 p.m., not allowed out of your house. Right. Like, it's, it's it's crazy. So I make yeah. sure that I, I I give someone a call from Australia at least once a day. Yeah, I got a buddy um, uh, Nick who he has a gym, uh, Tim Elwood. Who yeah, they they were starting to kick it back off, and yeah, great, we got people coming back in. Thank God they don't have to shut this place down. Then boom, straight away they just sh- had to shut shut it down. He I got said the they cafe can't. Too. What's that? I got the cafe in Melbourne too. Right? So, yeah, <sighs> man, it's. But it was, I, I was just wondering if you'd done any Zoom calls with your mates because for me, like the first one, I'm like, hey guys, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, do this thing. There's like five screens. But by number two, number three, everyone's just looking at their phone like, oh, here you got race five. Like it's just straight <laughs> on the TAB app the whole time. I'm like, are we talking or are you guys just going, do I have to just watch you like, and then they're doing the screen shares of this grainy like horse race, you know, like, right, right. like go, go, you bloody thing. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, we're done. And then once it gets to like six or eight people, everyone just talks over each other. Yeah, so you're sitting there going, yeah, yeah that's brutal. Exactly, yeah. 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 <laughs> but dude, that T, the, the TAB, everyone's just doing this all the time. Like, yeah, yeah he got raised for us. Like, you just on, see the top serious. of people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's my thing is like okay everyone you know my next door neighbor you know everyone up here you know is in the tech industry my next door neighbor works at amazon he's like oh yeah they're basically gonna we're gonna be working from our houses for the next 18 months Do you, and, and you're doing a lot of stuff so i just find that depressing dude you you get a chance to get on do you know your the pre and post game show jump in the booth but it's good to be around people right that's, as far as that that's the hardest i'm thing. dude I, if this is the way of the world right now i don't want to sound like some salty old dude like i can't be doing like even you know at, with the my tv my tv station they're like oh hey get used to this everyone's everything's going to be remote i don't mm. want people to look at this this man that you know with the bathroom door here like you know right. what i'm saying like mm. it's friggin' brutal right. I, do you find it sort of depressing in a way that this is now kind of the new norm and Dude, it may stay like this not so much for me look i'm not worried about me at all i am concerned about my daughter who's six and just started grade one right. online exactly so that's the hardest thing for me to have to to accept was that the whole going to school experience now look that, that could be a good thing too like i i just don't know i just don't know that she's getting the true social experience and i worry yeah. about you know you, we've obviously got groups of friends that we can that we know what they're doing on a daily basis and we can track them. So we kind of hang out with those people mainly, but yeah. like I'm a social person, you're a social person. We're social animals in general. I, I, I need some interaction. I like, Me too, just, man. this is, this is getting to the point where I'm just like, um, it's almost worth the risk just to go outside. I, I sit outside on, the, on my balcony and wait for people to walk their dogs past in the neighborhood and give the old, Hey, how's it going? And like throw my dog at them. So sorry. You, is everyone wearing? Is everyone wearing masks? Like, is not outside, everyone, not outside. Just when they walk into restaurants. If you go stuff? inside to groceries, I haven't been to a restaurant in in six months. But right. if you uh, if you go to the grocery store, everyone's got masks on. It's mandatory yeah. in in a lot of retail spaces here in Atlanta. Um, they haven't they haven't done a statewide uh, mandatory mask mandate, but right. um, most people outside know 
inside most people are wearing masks yeah right here it's it's but you know i mean everyone's got masks on full time i mean right. you get looks mate if i take the dog out early in the morning i'm half asleep and i forget my mask but people would give me like give me you know looks as if to say you know like i'm just coughing all over everyone you know what i mean it, it's um the the uh the other thing too i got my in-laws they're they've been up here for the week they're coming from arizona so right. i rock up the airport i haven't been to the airport in friggin' months rock up everyone's got masks on doing this you know the whole thing Walk up, no mask on. Hey, how you doing? I'm sitting there. <laughs> Get the car quick. Hi, guys. Good to see you. It's like, oh, man. Like, everyone's looking at it. Yeah, I know my father in law's probably listening to this. So, yeah. It, but it's true. I swear to God. Like, I'm like, God, put a freaking mask. But listen, like, you've, you're talking about a generation that had lived through wars and stuff like that. Yes. So, Absolutely. So 100%. That's where you can't sort of fault them and go, oh, yeah. what are you thinking? You know, this is the new normal. Absolutely. Like, it's not the new normal. <laughs> absolutely mate and i think about that too like could you imagine being alive for world war Two, right and then and then going oh nothing will ever be not, not i'm not saying this is as bad right, right, but as right. far as like you know whatever's shutting happen, down the country yeah shutting the country down and having mm-hmm. to do all this and go oh yeah well you know everything's up and up now mm-hmm. and all of a sudden then you have to live through you know obviously the recession in 2008 not too bad but then all of a sudden you got this where the first month of it it was like oh man it, this what is this you right. thinking this is going to be like a you know wiping out half the population wiping out half of, yeah exactly but yeah anyway dude i know you got to go mate you got real work to do this has been it's a blast right, mate it's been I good i'm trying to do it again let's get back on this should oh, for sure too, I reckon. I and, and we avoided the whole i thought we were just going to go straight bogan hour too i thought it was just going to be <laughs> just but it was good we actually we actually covered quite a bit i'm i'm looking at this paper i'll get this paper I'm like oh, i want to i want to ask you this and that I'm looking at this paper. I'm thinking to myself, okay, how much of this are we going to get through here without just right. being absolute clowns? That's why I was like, <laughs> we got the clown session out early and then we were yeah. focused. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Have, have a good uh, rest of your day. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Peter Moylan, love the dude. He's going to come back on for sure. I'm going to make sure it gets back on here. But uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. I've got another one coming next Monday. www.thetopstep.com or go on Apple. Uh, wherever, wherever you listen to this to, to this episode, if you're watching it or you're listening to it, um, make sure you click, click subscribe. It just helps me. Write me a review too. Apparently, you can write me a nice glowing review and it helps the podcast. I don't know. I don't quite know how all this stuff works. I'm just having friends on. Uh, hearing really cool stories. So hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll see you next Monday, guys. Stay safe. Wear that mask. Where if you're in Atlanta, if you if you're in Australia, if you're in Seattle, wherever you're listening to this in Canada, my friends up in to the north, throw that mask on. Let's stop this coronavirus so we can all hang out, get off Zoom so I can actually do this in person. All right guys, we'll see you next week. Feel like you want to just give up. You gotta trust me.